0: Hello everyone. It's Adrian from the pageant project, and I am going to be interviewed by the inner beauty initiative. I'm just looking at the handle that I've got underneath, which is run by Natalie Carley. Natalie, do you want to give the audience a wave? Hi. And Emma Rose Collingridge. Emma, would you like to give everyone a wave? Hello. Thank you. You actually gave people a wave. Natalie didn't give people a wave even. She's obviously nervous. She's not following oh instructions.
1: Oh, you can see my hands. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> uh, now, they're going to be interviewing me, um, which I've had a few people say, oh, that's so exciting, uh, which I, I appreciate. Um, they're apparently <laughs> a little bit nervous, which I find hilarious because normally it's a person getting interviewed who's supposed to be nervous. I'm very, very <laughs> I'm very chill at the moment. They wanted I'm me nervous. to begin the broadcast, <laughs> so um, if you have any messages of support, not for myself but for them, um, put them in the <laughs> comments. And if you have any questions that you'd like them to pass on to me, um, Emma asks, "Is there anything that I'm afraid to talk about?" And the answer is no. Um, I think some of you may, have- apart
2: from the spider in
0: the cup. Oh, I'm happy to talk <laughs> about the spider and the cup as long as it doesn't happen again. <laughs> um, and I have two cups in front of me. Uh, but I don't know if any of you guys saw, but I, I did, I did post, I did post, I did publish a book back in 2017 about mental health and in the introduction. I outlined that uh, my struggles with mental health, including being suicidal twice. So I think if you can talk about that, you can probably talk about anything. So if you have any questions, if you have any comments, put them in the questions. Otherwise I'm going to relax for once and um trust that Natalie and Emma can make me sound interesting because that's normally my job as the interviewer is to make my interviewees sound interesting and normally they are not all the time Emma was very interesting she's probably going oh my god was i interesting <laughs> Emma was very interesting um <laughs> over to you guys
2: she's best. I if that's a good thing or a bad thing <laughs> is it like hmm interesting or yeah she's interesting
0: <laughs> you know,
2: side eye, interesting. Your first on the spot question. The,
0: well, if you're asking me, no, no, not the. Hmm, that was interesting. As in, you know, when something, you know, no, <laughs> no, Gen- genuinely interesting. Everyone has a slight different flavour with their interview. Some people won't shut up. Some people won't talk. And then there's everyone in between. And then some people you talk about really fun surface things, and some some people you talk about deep things. Obviously, with Emma's interview, she had been through some issues as well, and. I always think that hardship builds character. So, when someone is very deep, particularly at Emma's age, it's extremely young to be that deep and she mentioned that she was um, sort of old, not old before her time, but very mature and that only happens when you've been mm. through hardship and certainly that's a comment that I was given back when I was in kindergarten was, um, if you can imagine, back yeah. in kindergarten, I w- my teacher told my parents that my peers respected me. I mean. In kindergarten, for me to even know what peers and respect was, I mean, that's something. But <laughs> to be told that you have kindergartners' respect was was something else. So I've I've been this old since I was born. I don't age, but I just stay this age. Do,
2: do you feel like you peaked at that point?
0: That that was a highlight of my career, and it's been downhill since then, Natalie, I can tell you that much.
2: <laughs> um, I mean, so... We we don't need to give you a little bit of background on the project Because if people want to know the background They can head to our Facebook page I think page, you probably should um, though at, at, you know, I think you of, should yeah. But you you think you should tell us, we should tell you about it?
0: We should tell the audience watching in, in okay. case they don't know
2: Okay, sure. So Emma and I co-founded the project back in 2015. And our goal was to um, help build self-esteem and confidence in young people. And we started by taking the project around to schools. And we ran confidence workshops for kind of 12 to 15 year olds, and we found that it was extremely fulfilling, but we had a really limited reach. And um, there was, you know, there was just two of us. Um, and, you know, we had a couple of other people got kind of getting involved and helping us with the workshops and stuff. But our... our We were limited by the reach that we could get. And so we've been brainstorming and brainstorming. How can we revamp the project? How can we ensure that our message reaches more people? And so we decided that we were going to start the the Soul Fire sessions, the inspirational interviews that we're doing, like with yourself right now, where we interview people who have overcome something in their life, regardless of what it is, to find confidence and success and
1: kind of explore the relationship between those two things. Um, and so we revamped and relaunched and here we are. And it's good for us now to be able to share those stories as kinds of inspiration and motivation for the people that are watching, that are struggling with their confidence, that are really struggling with learning to learn to love who they are as a person and hopefully the interviews and the work that we're going to be doing in the upcoming few months in particular, yeah. um, like our interviews with you, are going to really help people kind of on their journey to finding their own kind of self-confidence and self-love.
0: Well, that sounds exciting.
1: Yeah. We are excited. We're very yeah. excited. We've got lots of really exciting plans in the works and we can't wait to just share them with everyone
0: get them all out there reveal everything yeah. <laughs> uh now i told um the girls that they have to keep an eye on the facebook comments so i'll let you guys do that um there's a couple of comments there but over to you i, I have to it's very difficult for me to to not run the interview so <laughs> that's why i have two mugs of tea so that whilst i'm drinking i can't say anything <laughs>
2: That's fair enough. Um, So our first question to you is, can you tell us about your journey to self-confidence?
0: Well, that's an interesting question. That's assuming that I think I am self-confident, which I am in in certain arenas. I don't know if anyone is ever uh, super confident in every area of life. I mean, for example, I'm obviously (laughs) super, I don't know if I call it confident, but obviously super comfortable doing this, doing an interview because I've done hundreds of, uh, I've done hundreds of interviews, but also hundreds, if not thousands of hours either doing them or editing them. So in this arena, I'm super confident, I guess you could say. Um, But if you took me, I don't know, to an R&B club, I would be the definition of the opposite. I'd be very much white man dancing um, or Chinese man dancing, (laughs) and it, it wouldn't be a good sight. So i think confidence sometimes for a lot a lot of people it comes down to ability as well so when you're good at something it's very easy to be confident when you're horrible at something it's very difficult Mm -hmm. to be confident so i've always been in the areas that i'm confident which obviously is interviewing and a couple of other areas it wasn't so much did i with a lot of hard work if i give you the simple answer a lot of work um whether Mm -hmm. it's going into interviews Whether it's doing a live stuff with the technology or with tennis, for example, I taught myself how to play tennis um, and I have confidence in those areas just because I put so much work into it. And I think uh, Michael Jordan, the basketballer, people asked him, was he ever nervous taking, you know, the final shot to win the game? And he said no, because he knew he'd done all the preparation he humanly could before he took that shot. And if it didn't go the way he wanted it to go it wasn't because of anything he'd done it just wasn't meant to be so in the areas where i feel confident natalie it's simply because i've done so much work that no one could have asked more of me so it's really that simple but it's a lot of hard work that's gone into it to, to give you an idea like i can just tell you that and it sounds simple but. I don't, I'm not Mm -hmm. a huge believer in you can fake it until you make it. I do think obviously going in and, you know, trying to make yourself feel good, (laughs) not going and going, oh my God, I'm useless, but I don't believe in the whole fake it till you make it. I think there's an element of truth to it, but I think a lot of people don't want to hear the truth, which is a lot of things you see someone who's successful at anything, whether it's what you guys are doing, whether it's what I'm doing or anyone that you aspire to, it's a lot of hard work. So... I'm sorry, that's not a particularly exciting answer, but that's the answer that I would give you.
2: Right, no, it's, it's honest. Mm, and I yeah. think that's what people need to hear is often people feel like it's luck. Um, I know that Emma specifically has been told a lot that she's very lucky, and this was conversations that we had really early on when we very first met. Um, when Emma was, you know, I think you were about sixteen or seventeen, weren't yeah, you? And um, she said that the thing that the, the thing that came up in conversation a lot was people say, "Oh, aren't you so lucky?" And she said to me something that was really profound for me to hear from someone so young is that the harder she said, the harder I work. The luckier I get. And so I think you're saying kind of preparation and and perseverance mm. and putting in the hard work. That's honest. And I think more people need to hear that. Do I fair. just
0: say it really yeah. annoys me when people tell me I'm lucky? I I, I super mm-hmm. get it and I super I hate yeah. super hate it as well. I'm extraordinarily lucky, for example, that I live in Australia. Like I don't have Donald Trump as my president for one. And there's no war. There's no famine all that stuff. Right. I completely agree with that. But people used to tell me, Oh, you're so skinny. You're lucky. And yes, I was born skinny, but I was going to the gym at five in the morning, like every day or going for a run. it's like, it wasn't luck. And when people say, Oh, you're so lucky you get to interview pageant, pageant competitors. I'm like, have you seen the amount of hard work that's gone into it? Have you seen all the things that I've tried and haven't worked out? So, it's like what I said before. People see anyone who's successful in any area, and they want to—they th- want to say it's luck, and it's because then it gives them an excuse not to try. Like if I told Emma, "Oh, you're so lucky. You're modelling. Someone write that
2: down. My gosh. You know what I mean?
0: Like if I go to Emma, if I'm a young girl, and say, "Oh my God, you're so lucky. You're you're a model. I could never do that." It's like, well, of course, there's an element of you know you're in the right place at the right time but it's a way of getting out of it yourself saying, Oh, I couldn't do, she got lucky. It wasn't the hard work. It was luck. Because if I say it's hard work, then that means I could do it. If I was willing to put in the hard work. So I really hate it when people say that, that, is- that you're lucky because I think it's very dismissive.
1: Yeah, that's brilliant. I think a question as well that a lot of people want to know, particularly from the UK as well, is how did you get into pageantry? What made you um, create the pageant project?
0: Okay. Well, that (laughs) let me see if I can give you the abridged version. So I was tennis coaching and I ended up coaching at an all girls school here in Sydney. That's where I was introduced to the problems that young women in particular have not to say young men don't have issues But young women have their particular type of issues Um, And I was always someone who was quite empathic and someone who wanted to help so that piqued my interest I was also very fascinated by psychology still am So I was thinking, okay, how can I help these young women? So I and I always love talking to people like in interviews. So I started interviewing um women but it wasn't pageant competitors it was just any woman who i found inspiring so i've interviewed musicians over in new york i've interviewed personal trainers here i've interviewed people from all over the place from all walks of life entrepreneurs life coaches um, you name it i probably interviewed them i then happened to interview one girl um, over here she's very famous in the pageant scene tasha ross and it was just accident. I, I saw her in an active wear magazine and I thought, oh, that girl looks pretty. She looks like someone who's driven. I'll send her a message and see if she wants to interview. I didn't think she would. She did. She said yes. I was like, oh, okay, God, I better get ready for this. And <laughs> and then I found out about pageants. And then I went to a fundraiser of hers, met other pageant girls, told them what I did in terms of interviewing And you know, when you first go into the pageant world, you very quickly network if you're willing to. And you meet one, you meet another. One introduces you to two, two becomes four. So then I interviewed another one. I interviewed another one. In fact, I think my third interview was with Alicia Van Schoonhoven, who Emma obviously knows. This was way, way back when. Both Alicia and I were very different people. If you watch Alicia's interview... She'd probably cringe a little bit about it. She was super awkward. I was very awkward. We were both going through stuff. We didn't know it at the time. Uh, And it just got to the point where I was interviewing so many pageant competitors. I didn't want people to think that what I was doing was just interviewing pageant people. So I thought, okay, I'd better start up a separate branch. So I started the pageant project last year. But mind you, this is already after doing over 100 interviews and publishing a book. But I started the pageant project. And then, as fate would have it, the pageant project took off and I dedicated my time to that area rather than dedicating it to what I was doing before. Um, And that's how it started. And the rest of it, as I said before, it's just a lot of hard work.
1: Would you say that the interviews that you've done have – impacted or shaped aspects of your life in any way, hearing the stories and the struggles that other people have gone through and how they've learned to deal with that. Has that helped you in any aspect of your life?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I always tell people one of the big gifts I've been given is perspective. So if you're ever around me, I defy you to ever find me complaining about anything for more than probably a minute because I hate complaining. And when I find myself complaining, I I notice it very, very quickly. And that's purely because when you've spoken to as many people as I have, um, whether it's someone for example, I've spoken to you, Emma, obviously about what you've been through. Um, And then when I was interviewing people for my book, hearing about women who had escaped domestically violent situations, for example, one of them had to jump off a balcony. I think it was a third story balcony or a second story balcony and she jumped off and she shattered her wrist. She'd been beaten to a pulp previous to that. So she was bleeding everywhere, knocked unconscious. She knew she had to get out. She jumped off to escape and she shattered her wrist. She was trying to pick up a handbag. She couldn't work out why it wasn't working. It was because she shattered her wrist. And the only reason she escaped was because her partner at the time jumped off after her and broke his leg. So she ran away. He's broken his leg, screaming at her. And then she ran to, she found a taxi. She had no purse, obviously. Um, She needed to get away. The taxi drove off without her. Took one look at the blood streaming down her face and just drove off. Um, Another woman who I interviewed, she was in South Africa at the time. Her partner pulled a gun at her head and fired. Just happened to miss. But she says that she felt the bullet go right past her ear and in bed in the wall behind her. She says at that moment she thought she had died. So you got to realize when you are interviewing someone like that and you're someone who wants to complain. Not that I ever was. But if you're hearing stories like that and then you think you have any right to complain, you really need to wake up. Yeah. So has it changed me? Definitely. I would say the main thing is perspective. Um, I've always loved talking to people, and I've been very good at getting their stories out. Um, for one reason or another, people trust me, so they open up. Uh, but in terms of how's it changed me, definitely the perspective. I don't think I have any right to complain, and I would think 99% of people in the Western world anyway, um, and probably 99% of the people who ever watched this interview would have no right to complain. Bad stuff happens, I get it, but we move on.
2: So how did you come to write a book about those experiences and especially with the the subject matter of it as something that is particularly close to my heart um, on the, the kind of the, the subject of the interview beauty hmm. initiative? partners with a project of mine as well called Q4 and it has been set up specifically to support women who have fled, um, violent situations and have entered refuges and safe houses. So it's really interesting to Mm. me to hear how you came to be kind of on that path.
0: If you picture someone who really wants to help, because that's me, I, I always root for the underdog. If someone's in pain, I know Emma said she can't deal with people being in pain. I think she meant physical pain. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the same with emotional pain if and I'm very intuitive. So I can go into a crowded room and I can pick the person who's going through something, not broken their arm. I'm not, again, I'm not talking about physical pain, but I can tell when someone is going through something, I'm very good at it. Other people go, how did you know? It's just, I just, I know. So after interviewing again, so many people, if you imagine, it's kind of like I, I've lived their lives vicariously. So it's not just, I'm living my life. I've also lived their life and her life and her life. And you don't have to interview many people before you realize how many people are dealing with mental health, particularly anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, whether there's an attempt or not. Um, And if you just picture someone like me who loves creating content, loves talking to people, but also wants to help, it just made sense. to, to do that book. That book is called by the way, from fear to freedom. And that's what I used to be doing was the fear to freedom project. I may still bring it back, but it was just purely about mental health and the struggles that women had been through. Um, and it just, it came to me one, <laughs> all ideas come to me when I'm in the shower or when I'm driving, because I'm those, honest, are I only, <laughs> those are the oh only, those are the only two times when I don't have my social media. So, All the good ideas come to me when I'm in the shower or when I'm driving. Both times where you can't write the ideas down, I will say. So it was. (laughs) um, (laughs) Yeah. I don't know I, I i like to think i get lot of lots of good ideas some of them <laughs> work out some of them don't but that was just one idea that i went you know what would we'll be really good i, I interview people i'm going to interview 10 women who've all been through stuff i'll interview them in a video i'll turn the videos into little movies which i did and then i'll transcribe the videos into written format and i'll release a book so i worked out how to publish a book and i did that so
1: I think that's very similar to what we're trying to do with the project as well. It's just to, through the interviews that we're doing, just make people aware that they're not alone with what they're feeling, that mental health, although it's not something that I feel people talk about enough, it is growing, particularly in the UK, into something that is more accepted as something that can be talked about. But I think particularly with what we're doing as well, it's it's always that the people are hurting the other ones that kind of don't see... And that just they need to know that other people are feeling the same as them as well and that they're not alone. Yeah. And I think that that's so important with things like your interviews yeah. and your book um, and hopefully what we're going to try and do with the project as well. Yeah, definitely.
0: It's it's super important to – here's the thing. it It's like with bullying. Obviously, bullying is close to your heart, Emma. Um, I was bullied a little bit in school, but I think everyone's bullied a little bit. There are two ways to tackle anything, and one is to – have anti-bullying initiatives, which I absolutely think there has to be because people shouldn't be bullying, but they do. The other side to me that I think is equally as important and sometimes is overlooked is facing the hard fact that you're probably gonna be bullied at some stage or in mental health, you're probably gonna feel depressed at some stage. It's super important to me that you know what to do when that happens. I think trying to live in a world or trying to create a world where no one's ever bullied and no one ever feels sad, Unfortunately, that's just a fact of human existence. There are going to be people who want to push you down. And it's not because they're bad people either. It's just because they're probably going through something. Um, But my point is that sometimes there are people who are never going to want to hear your story. They don't care and it's nothing to do with you. It's to do with them. And unfortunately, sometimes that could be a parent. It could be a partner. And then you're in a really difficult situation. But I think it's super important that if you're going through something, that you are taking all the steps that you possibly can to for your own recovery. It's a very dangerous place to, and I know it's very tempting because I've been suicidal twice, to feel sorry for yourself. Um, but it won't change by you hoping that someone will, if you're very lucky, someone will listen to you. if you're very lucky. I know one or two people who I could turn to for that. Alicia is one. Um, you're so lucky if you have one person in your life who will actually listen to you to make you feel understood and better, not, not to make it some, something about them. Um, and if you don't have one of those people, it's super important that you have some steps to, to help yourself recover because otherwise it's a story that ends very badly.
1: And what would your advice be from the point of view of taking steps when you're going through particular situations? Like, do you have any particular steps that you could recommend to people?
0: In in the book, I outlined four steps. And if you read the book, like 80% of it is the interviews. And my steps in order to recover were super short because I don't think it needs to be very complicated. I think you just need to do it. So, I outlined four steps and it was ADSL because ADSL internet was a thing. It's not really a thing anymore, but I wanted an acronym that people could remember. So it's ADSL. A was accept that there is a problem. D is decide you're going to do something about it because a lot of people never decide they're going to get better. They just go, oh, I hope I get better. Yeah. Well, that's different to saying, no, I'm going to get better no matter what it takes. S is to seek help. You, you should not be doing it alone. You can, here we have Lifeline. I know you guys have free crisis 24 hours support that you can phone if you were suicidal or i would assume america has it too and so it's accept decide seek and then l is love yourself which for a lot of people including myself is probably the hardest step but you have to learn to give at the very least give yourself some credit for what you've been through and what you've survived frankly a lot of us are extremely lucky and we've been through a lot of stuff to even be here existing on the planet so ADSL. those were just the four steps i came up with you could make it more complicated but i like to keep things simple
1: no that's brilliant thank you it kind of echoes a little bit of what you were doing with
2: your seven days of self campaign with the self-love step wasn't it and mm-hmm. kind of recognizing early on that when you're starting to feel overwhelmed or you're starting to feel like things are getting too much just taking time for yourself um in in ways that that make you feel good and it's different for everybody but do Mm -hmm. do you think that kind of practicing self-care has been an element of that for you?
0: Absolutely and it's been an element I've struggled with a lot because my mind always goes to what can I do to be productive so If you ask me, me what have I got to do right day? I can tell you, self care and having a spa or something would be last on my list. I have been sick the last two weeks, so I've been doing a lot of sleeping, and it's bored me out of my brain. Um, I have two interviews to to edit. I have some other interviews to organise. I have a business that I want to do some work on uh, and write some proposals. So to be honest, a lot of my friends have said, "Oh, you need to take care of yourself," and I kind of brush it off because. I don't actually know what I would do for self-care because I'd probably think, I know it's not, but I probably think of it as a waste of time. So I'm not dismissing it. I'm telling you I'm very bad at it.
1: Yeah, you're probably definitely not alone in that thought. I think a lot of people, it's hard to find time to take care of yourself, even if it's just like a 10-minute um I don't know like a walk in the park or something everyone's way of just taking some time for themselves is so different and unique to them and it takes time to find what that is as well as then take time to do it but it is something that is so important what's your go-to oh probably listening to music or taking a nap or going for a walk actually I find fresh air and just being immersed in nature I'm very lucky in that where we live we're completely in the countryside so that everywhere I go, I can just be completely in tune with nature. Um, and I find that really helpful. What about you? Um, I think my go-to is like a
2: guided meditation. So I literally just go onto YouTube because we are the YouTube generation, um, <laughs> and find a guided meditation that's maybe five or 10 minutes long. And I, I try to do that every morning and I find that it really sets me up for my day. Mm-hmm.
0: So I was going to say, I, <laughs> I wish I could meditate. Um I, I love yoga and I was trying to get into meditation and people would say these things like after meditation, oh I experienced my childbirth, oh I experienced my previous life and I'm like I was kind That's of so jealous horrible. of <laughs> them. Sounds, it, it's, I
2: just want to experience that again. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, I
0: remember what it was like to be in the womb and I'm looking at them half-discipline like, you what? Like, I, I, I just was trying to focus on my breathing and you experience this whole existential crisis. <laughs> so the the problem with some personality types and I've, I've coached people like life coaching wise, some people, I don't know what you call it, but they just can't sit still. And, and I'm one of those people. If you get me to say, just sit down and chill out, I I cannot do it. So meditating to me is very difficult to do. Um, I do like going out and being active because that for me is a form of meditation. So for example, as bizarre as it might sound, I love playing tennis. Like I played with my friend the other day and I've been sick for two weeks, so I probably shouldn't have been, but I love the thrill of just chasing after a ball and hitting it back because life becomes so super simple. I don't have to think about anything else. For me, that's my meditation. It's just something that takes my mind off everything else. And all I can do is focus on the one thing that I have to do. It's actually the same with me when I do weightlifting, like intense weightlifting. I mean, Emma, your partner would know. You really need yeah. to concentrate. If you are lifting something that is your body weight and you don't concentrate, it's going to end badly. So, I found actually weightlifting of, out of everything was also a meditation for me as well. But sitting down, as much as I love yoga, sitting down in lotus position, I I just I I couldn't I couldn't do it. Like I, I'd love I'd love to think one day maybe I could, but it's just I get angry because I'm not. I'm not blessing out. I get angry at myself. So, you don't want to meditate near me because you'll probably hear me cursing or fidgeting or something like
1: Rage coming (laughs) off you like, bad energy. Exactly. I think that is is your form of self-care though, just doing an activity that takes your mind off everything else. And Mm. like Jessica Barkley said, um, that just working on things you love are a form of self-care as well. So, if anyone else has any tips on what they do for self-care that could potentially help all three of us yeah please write them in the comments well, and the, we will definitely bring see them the out problem well.
0: with jessica barclay is that she's got the same issue as me she can never stop so we work <laughs> ourselves to the bone because we always do put ourselves last yeah. so you can argue that yeah doing something you love is self-care but i love my work so i end up working myself to death i was here last night until 11 11 p.m and i hadn't had dinner Then I had to go home, cook dinner, have dinner. And then I had to wake up at 5am today to interview with you guys. So yes, do I love what I do? (laughs) Like, I love what I do. Yes. But sometimes you do need to make sure that you are doing something that recharges you emotionally, physically, spiritually, if you believe in that, not just work, work, work. I love it because then you work yourself to the bone and you end up sick, which is where I am at the moment.
2: So, now it's time to start doing guided meditations.
0: <laughs> even thinking even of that makes me just cross. Have you
2: tried doing before you fall asleep? Have you tried doing like a...
0: I'd rather um, just fall asleep. <laughs> <'Cause I don't laughs> go, I, I'm an insomniac. <laughs> I don't get enough sleep. So, if you, I guarantee you, if I was about to fall asleep and you go, oh, you wake me up, Adrian, now's the right time to meditate. I'd probably punch you in the face. <laughs> it, it just, I, I have been going to sleep with this, um, like called brain waves. So it's on YouTube. You can get like these eight-hour sleep tracks, and they're supposed to put you to sleep. I, I just think they're so boring. I'm, I'm, I'm being put to sleep. I don't, I don't have any weird dreams or anything. I mean, I have weird dreams anyway. But yeah, I, I don't know. I suck at meditation. I'm just putting it out there.
2: I think it's just something that you practice. But I mean, if it's yeah. not for you, that's okay. We'll forgive you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> MMI anyway.
0: <laughs> I've tried. Yeah. It's not like I haven't tried. I just, I can't tell you that it yeah, works no. for me. Um, and as it's I said, I, am just
1: researching and yeah, trying to find, yeah.
0: find
2: what works for you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So another question that we have, um, and it's something that we touched on a little bit earlier on is what is the most important lesson that you've learned about the relationship between confidence and, success and not if, not not necessarily outward confidence, but just confidence in who you are, which it's I think self-esteem. is
0: something, yeah. Well, I th- I, I isn't it everything? I mean, I kind of like, especially if you're not talking about the outward bravado, which is very often a facade because you have no confidence. If you are inwardly confident mm-hmm. and you know that, especially about yourself, you know, you're going to do whatever it takes. And you know that no matter what problem comes up, you'll be able to handle it if you have that inner confidence and you combine it with some level of patience because you can't achieve everything at the same time you can achieve everything eventually but a lot of sort of a type achievers they want everything and they want everything right now but if you have that unshakable confidence i mean you're unstoppable so as i alluded to before it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of patience and it is a long-term game but if you don't have that confidence um, and even worse, I think if you're putting on the out, outwards appearance of being confident, uh, like, you know, you're dressing the right way, you're, you're putting on this huge smile and you're shaking someone's hand and in, inside you're going, I'm full of crap. I'm full of crap. I'm full of crap. That's a, that's a really <laughs> bad place to be. I, I'm very much focused on the inner world. I believe if you get your inner world right, you get inside here and you get this, the heart right then you'll be right. The outwards is just a follow-on a follow on from that. So I would almost say confidence is success if you combine it with patience.
1: That's a really good answer, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You passed. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hooray.
1: Do you, do you have any specific advice or things that you've done in the past that have helped build your confidence? Apart from, obviously, the hard Apart work. the interviews and... The hard, the work, hard work, <laughs> the, the effort. The, that's, I mean,
2: I, just summarize it for achievable small bite sized goals in everyday
1: life. <laughs>
0: it, but it, it really is that. I mean, self awareness is a big thing as well. I, I think God puts us, or whoever you believe, the universe puts us on, on this world with a certain set of talents. So there are going to be certain things that you're probably better at for, for some weird reason. I think everyone has a talent. I think if you're going, Oh, I got it. i got no talent. Well, you have a talent for obviously having no confidence, but I mean, I'm joking, but everyone has a talent. If, if they look hard enough, unfortunately not every talent is maybe monetizable. Like if you're fantastic at, I don't know, juggling, maybe you can't turn that into a million dollar business or maybe you could. Um, but if you combine that self-awareness of what am I naturally good at? And then I know as unsexy as it sounds hard work, but if you put in that graft and you do all the hard work, you do all the study and you look at the best people in the world at what they do and you model what they do, um, that builds real confidence. Not, as I said, not, I have no interest in the phony. Like they talk about the alpha male and walking into a room full with a smile and everyone will love you. I look at someone who smiles like that and go, what's wrong with you? Like, what are you hiding? And unless it's genuine because for some people it is genuine. But there are these like confidence coaches and they tell you put on a smile and everyone will love you and I'm looking at these people going oh my god you need to see a dentist. So I think <laughs> the hard work really does build your confidence. You mentioned step by step. I do think it does come step by step. There are certain things you can do if you're feeling let's say before you go on a catwalk or before you do the pageant pageant stuff. Obviously there're certain things you can do physically to help get you confident and if you watch professional athletes a lot of their warm up is to build that confidence. But outside of that sort of hyping yourself up for one big event, I think little by little, day by day, you need to build it up and you probably will be bad at it at first and then you just build it up over time.
2: That's, I think that's absolutely solid advice really and that's, that, I think that's the kind of advice that I wish I'd had like 10 years ago <laughs> to be honest. Um, I know that obviously saying like those people who want to do everything now and have no chill – I am that person. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so <Me too. laughs> I think I think that's kind of what we're taught as a generation, isn't it? That um step by step isn't a thing anymore and that you have to achieve everything now and there's there's all this pressure to keep up with timelines mm. and yeah. And, and it's like keeping up with people. And I just feel like that the pressure element of that means that people's confidence is broken down more instead of building it up. And yeah. it's there kind of so doing many social pressures now, aren't there? A huge amount. A
0: huge I'll give you one suggestion because you mentioned social pressures and social media is a huge part of that. If you are struggling with confidence, turn turn your damn phone off once a week for one day.
2: (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Yes. And
0: if you can't do that, you have a problem. It's called an addiction. I know that because I went on a social media cleanse earlier this year and I gave all my passwords. People go, I'm going on a social media cleanse. And I'm first off, you posted that on social media. So, okay. How, how are you having a cleanse? Secondly, you have your passwords. Like I deleted my app. It's not difficult to reinstall my app. So I went, I'm going to do this properly. So I gave my friend all my passwords. I could not log back in and I will tell you for that one week or so, it was only going to be one day or two days. And then I liked it so much. I kept going uh, to the point where she goes, do you even want your passwords back? Like I probably should. Um, but I don't know many people who have found social media to help their confidence. I'm sure there are, it's fantastic at building networks, obviously for what I do and what you guys are doing, it's a necessity. But if something is damaging your confidence, turn it off. If someone is bringing down your confidence, cut them out from your life. And yes, I know it might be difficult do it anyway. If it's important to you, do it anyway, like find a way. But social media is just so damaging because people have talked about, oh, uh, um, you shouldn't be comparing with yourself with people on social media. So you look at this really funny phenomenon, which is one person posts that and then everyone else starts posting about it. And suddenly everyone's posting about not comparing themselves and people are comparing themselves on their not comparing posts. They're going, oh, your post about not comparing was better than mine. I better do another one. It got more like, I'm like, Just turn the phone off. It'd be so much simpler. I guarantee you'll be so much happier and you'll survive. You'll survive like we did before social media existed. So if social media is damaging your mental health, your happiness, just turn it off. Turn it off.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So how, another question relating to social media, (laughs) how do you deal with online negativity?
0: Uh, do you want to? Do you mean now, or do you mean how I used to? Do you want the journey or the journey?
1: The yeah, comparison definitely. of the two, definitely.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, initially, I sucked at it because I don't like being criticized. I mean, I, I I am a perfectionist. As much as I like to say I'm a recovering perfectionist, there's no such thing. Um, I like to do everything to the best of my ability, with a subconscious belief that if I do everything to the best of my bu- ability and it's perfect, everyone's going to love it that's a that's false doesn't matter what you do someone is going to hate it and they're probably the people who haven't even even taken the time to look at what you do and they start judging you already that's fact of life and it's just getting worse with social media today so in terms of pageantry i'll give you an example um there there was a certain incident it wasn't a scandal but there was something here in australia on the pageant scene that was quite divisive and at that time i didn't really know what i was going to use the pageant project for and i was kind of thinking well if i don't know what to use it for i shouldn't keep doing it then i realized well i'm one of the only people in the pageant world who has a neutral platform i'm trusted by pretty much everyone who i talk to i should use this platform to speak out about issues that people can't or queens can't in particular because If you are a pageant queen, and both of you would know this, there are certain things you can't say, especially on social media, because probably you shouldn't, but also (laughs) it would, you know what I mean, like it would tarnish your reputation. So I went, okay, there are some things that need to be said over here. I'm going to say them. At that point, the floodgates opened. I got so many people messaging me in private because I didn't want to do it in public saying, thank you so much for doing this. I had one person who had been out of the pageant scene in Australia because she just, she couldn't stand it anymore. She'd had such a bad time. And she said, thank you so much for doing that and for saying that. And on the other hand, I'd have people turning up on my social media pages saying, um, you know, they say to be yourself and then you be yourself and they'll say, oh, this is disgraceful. I don't think I should be following you anymore. Um, you know, you have young people looking up to you and you shouldn't be saying this stuff. And all I was doing was being my authentic self saying, I don't think this is right. And I don't like the way certain people are acting. Um, And I learned a lot from that because that got me in a really bad way. I wasn't feeling good. I got pretty angry. And I learned a lot from that and I moved on. So, and that was only probably a couple of months ago before I started on my UK focus and the galaxy focus. So I was really searching for a purpose and I found it when I interviewed Maria and then here we are now. But now, if you put negativity on my social media, if it's valid, I'll look at it. Otherwise I just turn it off. Like if it's negative, pointlessly negative, I will delete it. There are now conversations. I used to, you know, messenger conversations or Instagram conversations and it bings, it bings and you have to look at it. Now I don't look at them. Sometimes as silly as that sounds, if it's a conversation, I have no interest in, I won't look at it. If it's a negative thing, I won't look at it. I just, I don't have time for it anymore because I've made myself so busy with the stuff that I love doing that the negativity, there's just, there's no point looking at it anymore. So I've developed a bit of a thicker skin for sure, but I'm just so busy with the stuff that I love doing that if you're going to be negative, it's just like, okay, if there's something wrong, fix it. If you can't fix it, accept it and then move on. There are no alternatives. I don't care what you've been through if you can do something about it do it don't complain about it don't talk about it. do it and if you can't do something about it then change your expectations um that that's pretty blunt but i've distilled sort of my my thinking is as i said it doesn't have to be complicated if you're not happy with your life change it
1: i think that is the thing with social media as well as everyone tells you to be your authentic self but then judges you and criticizes you for doing it exactly really that really annoys and me it's, really hard. It, it's it's, yeah.
0: And I was thinking the whole time through it's like I'm finding it hard. I can't imagine how a passion queen would find it because I don't like my my image in terms of having to be perfect. I don't have to do that. I've never made that part of who I am. I've always built myself on being authentic and honest. So for me to have issues with it, I was really thinking god, if I was a young girl having to deal with this, it would be 10 times as hard. So, but as I said, in my interview with Emma, I just don't understand people who take time out of their day to post something negative. I really, really no. do not. And if you're following someone and you don't <laughs> like,
2: why, why
0: are you, like people who follow someone and they disagree with them, it's such, like, why would you do that? Like, you, you know, this person, what they post makes you angry. Why do you keep fo- like unfollow them? It's like, Oh, they shouldn't be posting this okay well if you don't like it unfollow just i mean that's a pinned post at the top of the pageant project is a little rant i went on this was back when i wasn't feeling so happy about the pageant scene and it's like feel free to unfollow if if things get too real i would happily you unfollow me i don't care if you don't agree with what i say you want to have a proper conversation or argument about it i'm okay with that but if you're just going to be negative just like just go away just go away i don't have time for it
1: Absolutely. What would you say is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given in your life? Or is there a particular motto that you live by?
0: I was thinking about this today because I thought you might ask me something similar to this. Um, If (laughs) I was, I think the most important thing in in my life anyway has been my, I, I guess I'd call it a subconscious belief that if anyone can do it, if anyone else can do it, I can do it. And I'll give you an example of tennis. I did not grow up playing tennis um, and I wasn't talented at it at all. Um, I remember the first time I took a tennis lesson, I was already an adult. They videoed the lesson. This was back long enough that they videoed it on tape. It wasn't on a mobile phone. And I remember getting the tape back and I looked at it and I told my friend this the other day. I said, I look like a a flea, a a flea that had ADHD swatting a tic-tac. It was just it was horrific what i was looking at it was i had the sleeveless shirt three-quarter pants i was like oh my god that's what i look like um so at that point i decided you know what i really love tennis i want to get good at it so again this belief that if any one person can do it i can do it so what i did was look at the best players in the world um, and i basically modeled my game after them i got a video camera which back in those days was a big expense and some fancy software and i looked at how world-class players did something and then I just did what they did with this belief that if they get a certain result doing that, if I copy all their actions and do the same things they do, I will get very close to their result. I may not be as tall, short, as fit, but I'm going to model what they do with the belief that if I do what they do, I'll get the same result. And I mean, you guys talked about confidence before, asked me about confidence. I think that may also be a key to my confidence is that I believe if anyone else can do it, that I can look at how they did it. I can figure it out. And if I can't figure it out, I can interview them to find out. And then I can copy the steps that they took and get the same results. So whenever anyone has a a massive um, success, I don't get hugely blown away with it. I, I respect it deeply. Don't get me wrong. But I believe that if I took the same steps that they took and put in the hard work that they did, I could get the same result. So that's been hugely important for me because I've modeled my tennis on, on world-class players, but also with, even with interviewing. Um, I have this, this person that I've gone to a lot of his seminars and he did a lot of interviews and I modeled my interviewing style off of his um, and other people as well. So it's re- that, that's really been a huge part. So I guess if you want to bring it down to one thing, it'll be if anyone can do it, I can do it as well.
1: Absolutely. and with this age of social media i think one of our kind of final questions for you would be like what qualities do you think make a great role model specifically a modern
2: day role model yeah. as well
0: i hmm. god i think you need to lead with authenticity uh, that's a really big buzzword at the moment that it almost loses all meaning um you have to be willing to show up and lead with your faults. Not, not just say, I am not perfect. Yeah, we get that. No, no one's perfect. But if you can specifically lead with things that you suck at, because um, everyone, I don't care how much we talk about authenticity and how much we use a hashtag on Instagram, whatever. Everyone still wants to show, and I'll give you an example, photos with no makeup, right? When you still look a million bucks, I get it. It's well intended, but there are going to be women who look at it and go, well, you know, what, what is she talking about? She's still young. She's still beautiful. Um, I interviewed Ashley Wilde and she put up a photo with all the acne. Now that's what I'm talking about, right? I mean, you look at that photo and you just go, Oh my God, like, I cannot, cannot imagine the courage it took for someone like that to post that photo. And it worked because she got so many messages, I'm assuming mainly from women, just saying thank you so much for posting that so if there's one thing to as a role model i think is you need to lead with true authenticity which is the stuff that scares you to share not the stuff that you're comfortable sharing about i mean eventually you become more comfortable sharing your story so for example i'm happy to say that i was su- not happy but i'm i'm okay to say that i was suicidal twice i've had people say oh my god i had no idea like how how can you talk about it? it's like well. I don't know. I, like For me, it's just, it's never been something that I really wanted to hide. I had difficulty talking about it at the time, but now I'm not emotionally attached to it anymore. So I really think leading with the stuff that you suck at, that you really feel insecure at. And then there are so many other things, like taking the time out to have a real conversation with people. If you're talking about social media specifically, I look a lot at whether people reply on social media. Um, there are a lot of people who you look at their stuff, you love their stuff, and then you post a comment underneath and they never reply back. They never reply back. Um, I've had people ask me for interviews and then I respond back and they never respond back to me. So I think in essence, the big thing is to be authentic. I think self-awareness is a huge thing. Know who you are and that's always developing. I get that. And then honestly, I think it's a lot of little habits, a lot of little things. It's not one giant thing. And no, I think this is a thing. People are looking for the one thing that if they did it, they're going to become a role model or an influencer or something like that. It, a true role model is not made up of one giant thing that happened overnight. It's step by step, day by day. I don't look at, as my mentor said, you don't look at what my, you know, I don't, don't look at what I, what I say, look at where my feet have walked for the last year, my last five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And I will say also just to finish up that influencers like if you're going around trying to be an influencer or trying to be a role model you're probably trying and thinking too hard i think you just have to live it i think there's a big difference between being an influencer and being a role model influencer is just someone who spruks stuff over the place a genuine role model i think is someone that's a big thing if someone says you're a role model that means for every probably aspect of their life you have to take that job seriously and you have to be super authentic about it i i would not say for example that i think of myself as a role model there are certain skill sets that i could teach people sort of interviewing certainly is one of them but i don't think i have my life together nearly enough to consider myself a role model and i don't think i would ever say that every day i'm I'm just trying to be better maybe that makes me a role model i don't know
2: I was about to say, maybe that is what makes you a role model, because I don't think, I think that everyone can strive to be a role model without necessarily striving to be perfect. Um, And it's like you say, you know, living authentically um, is obviously something that you're doing by saying that, you know, you don't feel like you've got everything together yet. And I
1: actually think that it's those qualities that do make you a role model. Exactly that. Absolutely. And your ability and your kind of neutralness, particularly with pageantry, and that you are able to talk about things mm. and discuss things that people otherwise wouldn't be able to. And I definitely yeah. think that that, especially yeah. subjects that people find really difficult to talk talk about, like suicide. And and
2: the fact of the matter is, I think everybody knows somebody or yeah. has directly been affected by. Um, Suicidal or, or, you know, particularly bad spells of mental health, yeah. and you know, you being able to talk about that, it does make you a role model. So, absolutely, it's time to own it. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> if if you say so, I appreciate it. I I will say I again, an area I'm not good at is taking compliments. I, I'm stunningly bad at it
1: so
0: am i we all are yeah i'm I'm probably the i'm also competitive so it's it's i don't know i i often look at myself and go just think i'm a mess like i think a psychiatrist would have a field day with me but you you're (laughs) dealt the hand you're dealt you've made the decisions you've made and every day is a new day like if you had a great day yesterday well today's a new day you gotta you know back to the grindstone or back to self-care whatever it is and if you had a horrible day yesterday good news today is a new day you can make a completely different decision and start something amazing today on the other hand if you've had a great day yesterday and you start to slack off today and start not doing the things that made you a success to begin with and we've seen this in a lot of areas people who were successful and then they just eventually you know whatever happens they, they just fall to pieces whether it's a massive actor who's had a lot of success suddenly goes broke you got to do the things that made you a success to begin with, um, and keep doing that day by day by day. And I will say, focus your efforts on helping other people as well. I'm a big believer in that. I think if your focus is on yourself and being successful yourself, I don't think a lot of people are interested in that. If your focus is on helping others, then I think that's something that the world needs a lot more of. So, for example, on social media, rather than fussing about how many followers do I have, why don't you take 10 minutes right now, go on Instagram and comment under your your 10 best friends' posts and just tell them how much you love them and how much you respect them? Like, why not do that rather than going, oh my God, how many likes do I have, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? So, I think the world would be a better place. I know it would be a better place if we just focused on helping other people, helping other people to tell their stories, which is what you guys are doing, what I'm doing, That's why I love interviewing because it's not about me. It's about the other person and helping them tell their story, which is a hugely underutilized skill. Um, And I forgot what I was talking about, but (laughs) I'm finished now.
1: (laughs) So I'm just going to look at social media and see if we have any more questions on the live feed. So Jessica Bartley says, where do you want to go for dinner when you come to stay with us in London after Galaxy next year?
0: (laughs) I don't know any places. Um, some some place nice. I, I have been. I was in the UK because my um, fiance was there, and I had a lot of pub food. Which a lot of the Brits told me, "Oh, it's amazing! You got to try the pub food." And I had the pub food, and it was swimming in a pile of grease, and it was salty. And was like, what's wrong with you people? And there were Indian <laughs> restaurants that were serving Chinese food. Chinese restaurants that were selling fish and chips. And I'm like, what's going we're,
2: on? We're a confused nation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very much I, would, I would never
0: go to a Chinese food like Chinese restaurant and order the fish and chips um I don't know any good restaurants in London. I do know a couple in Wales because that's where my fiance was so but I don't know, Jess, you tell me. <laughs>
1: She's just put that was a big hint to come and stay in London. <laughs> no,
0: that was really subtle, Jess. Like subtle as a sledgehammer.
2: <laughs> uh, and if you come to London, we we want to interview you. We want to interview you in person Absolutely. as well.
0: Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, my plan is to come over to the UK next year for Galaxy. That that's the plan. I haven't, awesome. I haven't quite worked. I don't want to make it worth my time. I, I don't, I don't want to just go over there for the pageant and fly back. I think it would be a bit sad, but. Long I,
1: don't, way. A long way. <laughs> I
0: don't quite know what else to do because I know it's going to be cold there and I do not like the cold. Um, so I'll have to find something <laughs> worthwhile to do <laughs> whilst I'm there.
1: Yes. So to finish up, we are going to completely turn the tables on mm-hmm. you and we are going to ask you your final 10 questions. I knew this
0: was coming and I haven't prepared for it at all. The number of- <laughs> We're so predictable. The number of times I stressed out about this, like, what would I say? And I was like, I don't care anymore. Like, I can't think of any good answers.
2: Good. If you don't know the answer, you can you can just say you don't know. Yeah. That's that's what we tell people in pageants, isn't it? If you don't know the answer in the interview, you can just say you don't know and move on. Mm. We won't judge you for it.
0: Oh, people are judging all the time. We can't yeah. help it. You just don't have to act on it.
2: <laughs> okay emma fire away question Do number one. you want me to ask what myself the questions <laughs> <laughs> no, I, can't, you can't ask yourself the questions have you
0: memorized them because um, when i was interviewing kelsey she was amazed that i interviewed them but can you can you list off all 10 questions without looking at that we've
1: got them in front of us i have got them in front of me but i probably could to be fair because i've watched a lot of your interviews
0: <laughs> and, oh, oh by the way i will i will answer your question but question seven has been changed specifically for pageantry because the actual Stop. the actual question seven, which I cannot ask, although I would love to, is what's your favourite curse word?
2: Oh, and when I yeah, first I know, asked her, we so
0: went back to Tasha Ross when it was my first pageant interview, and I asked her that word, she froze. She wouldn't answer. It's like, why can't you answer? It? She just couldn't. So that's actually been changed. Um, but I I digress. Uh, what's my favourite? Right now, my f- would
2: you, <laughs> would you like to tell us your favourite curse word?
0: Well, it's not, I can tell you it starts with an F and ends in UCK and it's not fire truck. <laughs>
2: okay. okay. <laughs> no, now, well, that, hopefully that's not your favorite word well, though, so ever. I mean,
0: I, I do like that word <laughs> only because it's so versatile. I mean, it can be used as an adjective, as a noun, but right now my favorite word is actually T. Because I'm drinking this Earl Grey tea and I'm loving the fact that it doesn't have any spiders in it. So if you were to ask me right now, it would be tea.
1: <laughs> tea. Okay. And what is your least favorite word?
0: Oh god. People people say can't can't and no. And they say it so often, it's like, yeah, I get it. And I don't like people saying they can't. And I don't like people saying no. Um it it would probably be
2: what was it See, I, I don't know
0: uh maybe um i when you when you're interviewing as much as i have and especially especially when you got to go back and edit the interview and at one point i was going through interviews trying to cut out all the ums it was a nightmare wow. because i i got so good at it that i could tell you what audio fa- waveform actually corresponded to the word um so I hate wow. the word, um, and when someone keeps saying it repeatedly and then they combine that with, I actually hate the word sorry as well, not from I'm apologizing, but when they're apologizing for themselves and say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I say, stop apologizing. And they go, oh, I'm sorry. It's those, those two <laughs> words combined They say, stop saying, um, I'm sorry. It's like, oh, don't say sorry. It's like, I'm sorry. Oh, um. And I, oh, so... Yeah, those those I feel two. Like that's t- a
1: very British thing to do as well. Is that something?
2: we apologise for everything? <laughs> yeah, is that an Australian thing to do as well? No. If it's... someone runs into you in a supermarket with the trolley and bashes you in the ankles, why is it that you're always the one to sure. say sorry? That's so
0: weird. Because that's what you guys do. You apologise for yourself. <laughs> there's there's also people have different yeah. different brain farts depending on what country they come from. So Australians say <laughs> um, you guys say m. Um and then the Americans don't actually brain fart as much, although if they do, they're more likely to say like, but Americans are better at taking pauses, not saying anything and then responding. So. That's really interesting.
2: Hmm. I feel a bit jealous about that. Yeah. Okay. So we've, we've changed this question because we we can't really ask you, um, what turns you on because that means something quite different over here. So no, you okay. so like that- what gets you excited? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That- <laughs> I used to, the, and the word is, the, the question is supposed to be, what, what excites you? The, the funny thing is, again, culturally, yeah, if I ask an Australian that, what turns you on? They get really awkward about it. An American is fine with it and they know how to answer it. and the UK, the UK people are somewhere in between. Some of them get it and some of them get super awkward about it, but it's supposed to be about what in real life, what gets you excited. <laughs> uh, I would, I love a good conversation, probably over dinner and a glass of wine or lunch and a glass of champagne near the ocean. I love good conversation i love stimulating conversation i don't want to say i love intelligent people that sounds a bit i don't know like a bit elitist but i love it when i can pitch and catch ideas with someone and there are a couple of people here that when i do meet up with them and i can give them their, my ideas and they can throw it back at me or they can pitch me their ideas i love that sort of an energy and that sort of a conversation and having a glass of wine or champagne at the same time is is a little bonus as well. That's self care.
2: There yes, you go. There's self care. <laughs> okay. So the opposite of that. What turns you off in life?
0: <laughs> I was going to say complaining, but since we're talking about it, I would say people who apologise for themselves all the time. I <laughs> just, just people. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like you mentioned, like, I, I could probably run someone over in the UK, and they oh, I'm sorry, I got in your way. It's like <laughs> what. Well, I I don't like it when people lead with apologizing because it really, it gives a very bad impression. So when someone goes, oh, I'm so sorry for wasting your time, it's like, well, then stop wasting it. Like obviously you're not sorry because you're doing it anyway. It's not, no problem with people again apologizing, but people feeling like they're kind of like invading your privacy or that they're a waste of space, that they don't own it, they don't earn it. I, I really dislike that. I find that a big turn off
1: okay i don't know what sound or noise do you love
0: oh the coffee coffee machine <laughs> w- w- whether it's coffee, the coffee the machine making a coffee whether it's a machine grinding the beans or even if the machine is blowing up because here in the office the machine seems to blow up quite a lot just explode i, I love all those sounds oh, no. ah. that's dramatic it is it's hilarious i'm here working and you just hear an explosion and people go oh it's like, that's funny
2: I need to go and work there. That
0: sounds exciting. (laughs) It's exciting for for me. I think it's terrifying for them.
1: (laughs) Always keeps you on your toes. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So what sound or noise do you hate?
0: Okay, first off, I want to say that if you are under the age of about 5,000, you are not allowed to say in my interviews anymore nails down a chalkboard, because at least in Australia, chalkboards don't exist, so you don't know what that sound sounds like anymore. So stop saying nails down a chalkboard. You are allowed to say scratching cutlery on China, because yes, that does still happen. But um, oh. <laughs> I'm not going to say oh. nails down a ch- No,
2: no. I'm
0: not.
2: And the sound of someone biting their fork. Uh- <laughs>
0: Did you say biting their foot or biting their fork?
2: <laughs> biting their fork?
0: Why would someone you know, bite like when their people, fork? No, people, like,
2: drag their teeth across, across their cutlery like I, I can't with that. That's,
0: that's Is this hideous. a pastime in the UK? You- <laughs> Do you know what
2: I mean? When someone takes a bite of it, it's usually, I find it's usually on the first bite. So they, they put the fork in their mouth and then, like, bite down on it and then drag it out.
0: Who are you hanging around? Is this a thing? It's like, it's just a cultural thing that I'm missing out on that they.
2: Please tell me someone watching this understands exactly what I'm talking about. Like when people bite their fork, I, I, I don't know. I think know. if maybe you just need to really,
0: really eat your fork, obviously your food is not that palatable. I'd be saying, well, get some tastier food. So you don't feel like you need to chew on your fork.
2: Yeah, but maybe I cooked it. So it would make good sense.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, now we're getting closer to the truth. Uh, if you would ask me what my, yeah. what, so it was my favorite sound was have we done oh, my least favorite sound Your least, least
2: favorite, favorite sound yeah
0: i hate the sound of gossip so when because i am near the sort of tea making station so i love hearing the coffee machine but a lot of the people go there and then they just start talking about stuff and i maybe another answer is i hate sighing i really hate people who sigh so there's this person a woman will come up to the counter and she's coming up to another woman. And the first thing she does, she hobbles over and goes, ah. And I'm like, Well, that's a great day. I mean, yeah, we're turning and go uphill from there. I just I hate that. I just, just don't sigh. Lee and, and old man noises. Like my best friend, I was making fun of him the other day. I drove him to tennis. And he gets out of the car, and it's like, Oh, 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 oh. I'm like,
2: that's just getting beyond 30, I think.
0: You do not Everything need to, go <laughs> to make that sound. You just don't. It's just a habit. And then getting sitting down. It's like, ah. Oh. I'm like, you didn't just run a marathon. You're sitting down. It's like, that. that's a long way for you, is it? So, But sighing, I detest sighing. It's like the ultimate sound of self-defeat. It's just like, ah. Oh. And you know they um, want to was, ask you, what's wrong? Oh. And I just don't want to ask them what's wrong. I just like, I just turn it. they sigh, no, yeah. the
1: and I, I run don't away. Do it. <laughs> it's never a start a good conversation. No, exactly.
0: So I don't start the conversation, which makes, I think it makes them feel really awkward. Because they sigh, <laughs> they want human connection, and I just turn away with my cup of coffee. <laughs> like, I don't want this, as I told you before, I don't want this conversation. You can sigh... <laughs> Commiserations to yourself and I'm gonna go over here by myself and have a great time. <laughs>
2: Fair enough. Just a little party on my own.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> okay, so if you could have one superpower, what would it be and why?
0: Oh that's easy. I not necessarily a superpower, but I want to be Iron Man. I want to be Iron Man because he's cool. He's Robert Downey Jr. This is why I have the facial hair that I do because it's modeled off Iron Man. Uh, So um, it's not really, uh, but also his superpower is his intelligence and his creativity. And I think that's a superpower that everyone can aspire to. And I love the fact also that he's not perfect. I hate perfect superheroes. I hate Captain America. I hate Superman because they're boring. But I would love to be Iron Man, get in a suit and fly. That's what I would love to do.
2: I like that he doesn't hide who he is. Yeah. I like that he's not trying to hide behind a secret identity. He's like, yeah, I'm Iron Man.
0: Exactly. Yep. So
2: <laughs> that's brilliant. That's my answer. Yes. Okay. So, what occupation other than your own would you most like to attempt?
0: Do I have to be able to do it?
2: No, no, just an attempt. Yeah, just have just have a good go.
0: <laughs> oh, so that, there's two things. One would be a singer. And I can't do that, which is why I had to clarify. I can't sing. A singer or an actor, I mean, these days there's no distinction. So an entertainer. The other thing I'd love to do is actually be a public speaker on stage. I would love to do that. So either of those two.
1: Amazing. Okay. And what occupation other than your own would you definitely not want to attempt?
0: Well, I don't know if mother is an occupation. And obviously I can't do that. So being a mother, I think, is the most thankless task i i don't think i could do it just having to clean up all the time getting sick having no sleep not getting paid for it 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 just yeah you don't have any conversation you deal with someone that's crying all the time i would not ever want to be a mother but we're talking about stuff that i actually could try uh dentist like the like bad breath you talk about what turns me off i probably should have said bad breath (laughs) Bad breath is heinous. It's the worst thing. And you never know whether to tell someone they have bad breath or just to turn away, but in my experience, every time someone has bad (laughs) breath, (laughs) they want to come right up close to you. There are always the people who really want to have a really close up conversation and you're just there trying not to vomit in their face. So I would not want to be a dentist.
2: Wow.
0: Well, I mean, you know what bad <laughs> breath is like. And it's just like they get up close and personal and they're, they're really into their conversation. And all the whole time, you're just like, don't gag, don't vomit, don't puke. It'll be bad and you won't recover from that. So <laughs>
1: it's just really awkward,
0: isn't it? It is. It is. Wow. <laughs> okay. You and the final question.
2: <laughs> <It's>, wow. <laughs> That's really, it's really honest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So final oh. question then.
1: Okay. If heaven exists, I've got a really good answer for this. What <laughs> would you hear, What would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the thirty gates?
0: I'm going to steal an answer. I love the answer. Boy, did I have a ball with you!
2: <laughs> Amazing. I love that. How about you, Emma? What did What did, you, what, did you, what was your answer to that question? Because I was trying to watch it on the train. at cut now.
1: I think my answer was. Um, Emma's
0: answer. And by the way, she just said M. Did you hear? It? She said M. She didn't say um. I heard
1: myself say, she it said and I
0: instantly. Oh, yeah. She didn't say um. She said M. Emma's answer was something very, you know, very thoughtful and proper. Not like me. It was. I think it was like I want to be. I'm proud of you, or you've done the right thing. I, I just want to turn up, yeah. you know, in a in a giant fireball and and God to say, boy, did I have a blast with you. I mean, that would just be.
2: I like it. <laughs> good amazing that's oh yeah. It's, yeah it's been an eye-opener for sure
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, once you have I'm your eyes opened, opened you this. will never have them closed again
1: <laughs> oh well honestly thank you so much for waking up early and allowing us to interview you especially when you don't go to bed very early because you don't you know do a nice guided sleep
2: meditation
0: <laughs> i think if you ever want to <laughs> piss me off then, if I'm allowed to say that, <laughs> get me to to do a meditation with you, and
2: I'm going to send you some links. You're going to love it.
0: <laughs> I, I I will punch I will punch someone or something because it's just like
2: I'm quite far away, so I'm probably safe. I
0: am coming to the UK. <laughs> UK, guys,
2: that, that okay. gives me oh, oh
0: not so. An added incentive to come to the UK. Stop sending me these bloody meditations. <laughs>
2: just yeah okay all right well i'll take me and my meditation we'll just go and have a have a party on our own like you were going to with your coffee
0: yeah but my party will be a lot more fun (laughs) a lot faster and probably a lot more unpredictable as well
2: most likely but no genuinely thank you so so much for answering our questions and entertaining us with this and um and being so we've been trying to nail this down for a while now haven't we so Thank you so much. Um, we are really, really grateful. And Absolutely. Thank you to everyone who submitted questions. And Anthony knows what I'm talking about with the, the fork-biting thing. I mean, it's just hideous. You need to, like, I don't know, YouTube it or something. It's, it's just hideous.
0: If it's hideous, it's why would I want to YouTube it?
2: <laughs> why not? Why would you ever want to drink tea again after you found a spider in your cup? Who knows? life's many questions what are the
0: chances of that happening twice
2: in australia probably more you put it out there now so i think it's going to happen again you like you've put it out there to the universe the universe is going to send you another coffee spider
0: (laughs) well i will take a video of that one and i'll send it to everyone to traumatize them because every time i put up that video of the spider i get a lot of reactions
2: no yeah no. When I come to the UK, I'm going to
0: bring a lot of like spider practical jokes. But that's I'm already thinking ahead. You about this. I'm going to get. Yeah, that,
2: that would be my
0: a whole. But we'll see how good your meditation is when I when you're meditating, right? And you're you've got your <laughs> eyes closed and you're all Hariyam. I'm going to come over silently with a giant <laughs> spider and put it right in front of you. And then when you wake up, we will see how how serene you are.
2: <laughs> probably the same kind of reaction as when I open my eyes to one of my children standing there like
0: oh <laughs> um, well look thank you so much for having me I'll keep you guys on the line for just a sec uh, just whilst I end up the stream but um, anything else you want to do or are we good to no I think we're, we're all good, good. Okay.
1: thank you so much again and to everyone who's tuned in to watch thank you
0: Hey, it's Adrian. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. Make sure to subscribe to get details of our new episodes as they drop and connect with us on social at The Pageant Project. Speak to you next.